The word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to bromleytownchurch.com. I hope you've had a good week. Did you enjoy that new song? Yes. Yeah, thank you for Ian and the, and the worship team for sorting that out. Great song. We're going to sing it again a little bit later on. Uh, we're coming to the beginning of this series, um, and I don't know how many weeks it's going to last, but we want to look at this issue of encountering God. Let me ask you a question. Would you like to encounter God? Ah, yeah. oh, you see? Now you've said it. <laughs> yeah, we want to encounter God. What does encountering God mean? That's the thing. What does encountering God mean? Did you know to encounter means you are meeting with somebody? You are, you're coming upon somebody, you're, you're engaging with them, you're meeting with them, and sometimes that meeting can be an unexpected meeting. Sometimes it can be a planned meeting. But if we're to encounter God, then it means that we are meeting with him. And I want to encounter God. I don't just want to encounter him as in like, oh, I met him once. You know, there are some people that you've met once. Uh, I had the privilege of meeting the queen. Yes, I have met the queen. Shortish lady. She didn't say an awful lot to me personally. But I was, when I was uh, working up in the city in the Financial Futures Exchange and had a big opening day, the Queen was one of the people who came with Prince Philip to open that. And I was one of, in the line and she came down the line and, and spoke to a few people and just sort of passed me by. But I've been face to face with the Queen. But you know what? That was only once. I'd like to meet her again. I'd like to have tea with the Queen. But I don't think that's on the agenda at the moment. But you know what? I don't know her terribly well. So we can have encounters where we say we have met somebody, but we can have encounters that go on and go on where the relationship gets deeper and deeper, and those are the encounters that we really want to have. You know, a challenge for many Christians isn't just about encounters with God. It's the fact, actually, that during, in, in between those encounters or having had an encounter, we suddenly face the fact of doubt. Was that really God that I met? Is God really real? And I don't think I'm the only one. Looking at your faces, you're looking at me as if to say, wow, he's in a bit of a problem, actually. <laughs> he's got doubts. No, listen, doubts come seeking to trust God. And we heard Johnny and Kizzy are saying, we're seeking to trust God and we're holding on to God. And at times, things get shaken. Because there is an enemy that we have as Christians. That enemy is the devil. And the devil wants to stop the purposes of God from coming to pass. And so sometimes he can just sow a little bit of seed of doubt in your mind. Are you sure there's a God? I mean, look what's just happened to you. And you know, you can go through some circumstances or something, and you're finding it a bit difficult, and suddenly, yeah, look, hey, what am I going through? Does God really care about me? He can't care about me. I mean, why am I going through this situation? And suddenly you're filled with this barrage of doubts that come against you, and you're wondering who God is. Does that ever happen to you? It does happen to us. It's one of those things that comes against us. And here we are trying to focus our attention upon God. We're trying to look at creation. We're trying to remember mornings like this morning where you're saying how wonderful it is, how marvelous it is. You're trying to keep your focus on God. But sometimes that's a challenge to do so. Our faith is a precious commodity. 
Peter talks about it as being more precious than gold. It's a precious thing. And that faith needs to be activated in that we keep on trusting in God, putting our faith and our trust in him. And you know, for all of us to be Christians, there has to have been a work of God in us already. And sometimes we don't think of it like that. But for us even to have come to know God, there has to have been a work of God that's happened within us, which we need to remember and take security from. In John 6, it says this, For no one can come to me, says Jesus, unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. No one can come to me unless I've actually drawn them. And again in John's Gospel, in John 15, 16, it says this, You did not, still having seen the work of God, there can still come to us, so that our trust in God is, as it were, contended for. There's something that we need to wrestle for, something we need in position with God. And one of the things that helps us to stay in position is if we keep encountering him, if we keep coming upon him, if we keep meeting with him, then we can find that that in itself, encountering God, so that we can build that strength from having meetings with God. It's interesting because when Yomi started off this morning, he, he gave a scripture about, you know, if we draw close to God. And I want to underline that a little bit more. It's not just a scripture, it's a promise. God is saying, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. If you come close to me, it says in some versions, if you come close to me, if you seek to introduce yourself to me, if you seek to find me, then I will come and find you. It's a promise. And therefore, as we seek to encounter God, we can trust in him that as we draw near to him, he also will draw near to us. But in this particular series or today, I want to look at an encounter that somebody else had. And that is the encounter of the burning bush. Moses encountering God. And to look at that briefly and to take a few points from it of what did Moses learn? What happened to Moses during that encounter that it might encourage us to see things of what we might expect, of what we might experience as we ourselves seek to encounter God. So this morning is about Moses and the burning bush. And we're going to read Exodus chapter 3, the first 15 verses. It'll appear on the screen, but I'm just going to read it from my iPad here to you. It starts off like this. One day, oh, I shouldn't assume that everybody knows the story of Moses, so apologies for that. But Moses was a man of God, brought up at a time in Egypt when the Egyptians were against the Hebrews, that is the Israelites. In fact, the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. And Pharaoh was concerned at the birth rate of boys. He was concerned about the rate of increase of the Hebrews, the Israeli people, and so he actually said to the midwives, if a Hebrew woman bears a boy, kill it. But Moses, his mum bore him. She saw he was a boy. And instead of killing him being killed, he was hidden away. Hidden away in a little basket, put in the water, protected. And in the water where he was, being looked after at a distance by his sister, Pharaoh's daughter comes down to that river at that time to bathe and she hears Moses tucked away in his little basket crying and she says, what's that? Is it one of the Hebrew babies? The outcome of the story is she takes this little baby and she cares for it. So rather than him being killed, 
he's actually brought up in Pharaoh's household. But later on in his life, he sees an Egyptian beating one of the Israelites. And he's so incensed by it, he goes to help the Israelite by killing the Egyptian. But when it became known, Pharaoh himself sought to kill Moses. And Moses, thinking that there was something about his life that he could operate to help to save the Israelites, he actually gets thrown out or he has to run for his life. And so he leaves Egypt and he hides away in the back of beyond in a desert place and he becomes a shepherd. He was 40 years old when he left Egypt and he's been in the desert as a shepherd for the past 40 years. That just sets the scene, if you like. So suddenly we're coming into this situation. So you've got to remember, every day he's out there with the sheep. And this is like a faint memory. I remember when I was in the palace of Pharaoh. I remember those times. I remember when I thought I could help my people. It all went horribly wrong. Things gone horribly wrong for you just in this week? Or are you going through a season where things are going horribly wrong? Listen out, because God makes encounters with people in such situations. One day, Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go and see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you, and this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested, If I go to the people of Israel and tell them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, What is his name? Then what should I do? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent, you, sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel. Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, 
and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. We're just going to quickly, and I do mean quickly, unpack this with six points this morning about this encounter of Moses. So you've got to remember, Moses is just an everyday, a normal everyday. He's out there with the sheep, and suddenly, and my first point is this, for Moses the encounter was unexpected when suddenly he sees a bush that is on fire. Now, I don't know how many times you see a bush that's on fire, especially unless it's a bonfire that you're actually having in your home. I think all of us would be turned to see such a sight. The the encounter that God gave to Moses, first of all, was unexpected. It was completely out of what he was uh, expecting for that day. It was out of the ordinary, so much so that it caused him to give his full attention to this. And not only... Well, he could imagine why something could be on fire. Maybe there had been a lightning strike or something like that could have happened. There's a possibility of an explanation. But the issue was when he looked at the bush, it wasn't being consumed. It was just like one of those gas fires with the fake logs on it and it keeps burning and burning, but the logs never get burnt away. Why? Because they're fake. They're made of stone. They're not supposed to burn and they don't burn but the fire continues to go. So with this bush, which should have burnt up, the fire was burning. The encounter that Moses had with God was, first of all, unexpected. Secondly, it was personal. Moses! Moses! God encountered Moses, and he called out his name because he wanted to speak to him. Just imagine if he'd have called out something like, Kevin, Kevin. Moses wouldn't have taken any attention. He wouldn't have meant anything. Who, Kevin? Well, we obviously, Kevin, we do know that you're here. And you're the first person I saw. And I could have picked anybody else's name but your name. So feel special today. (laughs) He called him by his name. When we have encounters with God, God calls our name. God speaks to us as individuals. For Moses, it was unexpected. For Moses, it was personal. For Moses, this encounter brought revelation. What do I mean by revelation? It brought him fresh understanding. It brought him new insights. For for instance, he goes to see this bush. He walks towards it. As he is getting there and as his name is spoken, suddenly he's told to stop. Why? The ground where you are is holy. Now, we don't stop and think like, well, wow, God is holy. But you see, God is holy. God, in one sense, is approachable, and yet in another sense, he's completely unapproachable because he's nothing like we are. There's even a description in the, in, in the Bible where it's talk about God, where he lives. He lives in unapproachable light. Now that's like, we've seen a headlight, you know, when you're driving at night and it's raining and you've got headlights staring at you, you think every one of them is against you because it's blinding you, because it's a blinding light in your eye. That's what it's like with approaching God. It's so bright, you're, whoa, I can't see it. And there was a sense in which as Moses encountered God here, it wasn't light he was encountering, but God was saying, don't come any closer because this is a holy place. My presence is holy. What I am is holy. I'm actually quite different from you, so we just need to keep a sacred distance, as it were. 
There was revelation in that. But not only revelation in the fact that God was revealing himself to be holy, God actually wanted to impart some understanding to him. He wanted to say who he was. And as we go on in that passage, Moses is saying, well, who am I to say you are? And God reveals who he is. Not only that he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So let him attach himself. This is who I am. I am the God that you've heard others speak about. I am the one who is the God. Well, what's your name? And now God says, well, okay, I am the God, but I'm also going to tell you who I am. I am the self-sufficient one, the one who creates all things. If you like, I am the source of everything, is what he says. The encounter brings revelation. It brings revelation. The encounter not only gives revelation, but it gives instruction. Because whilst God is revealing himself and showing new aspects of himself and showing his name to Moses, he also says, oh, by the way, Moses, I want you to do this for me. I want you to go back to Pharaoh and I want you to lead my people out of captivity into their own land. That's what I want you to do. So there was an instruction that was received in this revelation, in this encounter. And again, not only was instruction given, but it caused change. This encounter changed everything for Moses. It changed everything. Up to this point, and on this day, he was a shepherd. He got used to that. He'd been doing it for 40 years. That, for him, was his life. But suddenly, because of this encounter, hey, life is changing. I now have a new career path. I've now got a new purpose. I'm now about a new task. Now, rightly so, Moses obviously throws up lots of complaints about this. Because, you know what, we all get stuck into what we're doing. Or not necessarily stuck, we get used to what we're doing. This is the pattern of life I have. This is the job that I do. This is the people that I'm seeing. These are the things that I'm about. These are the routines that I've had. But God says, no, I want to come into your life, and I actually want to make a new change. And for Moses, he was saying, right, I want you to go back to Pharaoh, and I want you to lead these people out. Now, We could go in a lot more about the story and how this would connect into Moses and how he'd had a passion in the past but never quite been fulfilled. But now, through an encounter, God was taking hold of him and saying, I am giving you fresh instructions about what I want you to do. Encounters bring fresh instructions. And sixthly, and my last point on this particular part, I don't often have six points, Encounter was the outworking of God's plans. Now, this is important for us to get hold of because we're seeing these great things happen. Wow, a burning bush. Wow, you know, a change of direction. Wow, new instructions, fresh revelation. But you know what? The whole thing is about God saying, I am working my purposes out. Because God had said previously, that he wasn't going to leave his people in captivity. He was going to take his people into a new land, a place of their own. And God has said, I have heard the cry of my people, and I am going to bring them out. But you know what? It was all about his plans and his purposes coming to pass. So for us as Christians, and I know this is a completely different subject, when we're hearing about the fact that Jesus not only saves and delivers and redeems, but he is coming back again to take 
his people to be with himself. That is the plans and purposes of God which shall come to pass. And we can trust in it. And when we have encounters, God can sometimes stir us afresh with faith for that. He's coming again. He has promised, and what he promises, he will fulfill. No plan of God, it says in Job. Job 42. I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours can be thwarted. See, God's purposes stand forever. His purpose is that none should perish, but that everyone should find eternal life. God is working his purposes out among the nations even today. In Ephesians, it talks about the God who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Things don't shock God. They don't surprise him. They do surprise us. And sometimes we moan at God because of our circumstances. Hey, you don't understand what's happening to me. You don't know what I'm going through. Yes, he does. And I don't always know why he allows things. But I know this, we can look to him and find strength and confidence in him in the midst of the most difficult times because he has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we can say with confidence, if God be for us, who can be against us? We take confidence in these things. That's us anchoring our trust in God. But we've been talking about encounters. Let's ask another question. Moses encountered God, and we've seen some of the things that happened during that encounter. How can we encounter God? Well, and this is just four points in this one. More points to come. How can we encounter God? Firstly, through dramatic situations. Dramatic encounters. Paul encountered God on a Damascus road. He was walking along, and suddenly a bright light came down. Moses was out there with the sheep, and suddenly he sees the, bomb, the bonfire. He sees the burning bush. Suddenly. And you know what? For us, we can have dramatic encounters. Just let me say, dramatic encounters, in my experience, haven't happened very many times. So I just, I'd love to have lots of dramatic encounters. But in truth, I haven't had too many. Last week, we had Prashant giving his testimony, which was powerful. He was in a coma, and he has Jesus come to meet with him in the coma to tell him to wake up. Hello, dramatic encounter, right? And we're listening to the testimony, and we're saying, wow, God, you do dramatic encounters. Uh, what about me? Where's mine? Listen, we know that God can encounter with us through dramatic situations. So let's be aware of that. How can we encounter God? Sometimes it can be through a dramatic, unexpected encounter of him. That's true. That's how it can come to pass. God can also encounter us through dreams. Something that's often overlooked. We were talking, and we've got our friends Claire and Bill here from Pastor Mark's church in Florida. They're visiting, passing through. I was talking to Bill yesterday, and he was talking about actually the time he came to work with Pastor Mark. He wasn't working for him as assistant pastor at that time. But God spoke to him in a dream and said, you are going to work as the assistant pastor with Pastor Mark. He thought, wow, that, that's a bit beyond me. That's a bit beyond where 
Uh, but praise God for that. And through circumstances, God spoke to Mark. Mark asked Bill, would you come and be my assistant pastor? And Bill just says, yeah, sure. And, and he said, so Mark said, well, don't you want to pray about it? And he says, well, I don't need to because God has already spoken to me in a dream and I understand. I've seen it in a dream and now it's come to pass. God speaks to us in dreams. God speaks to us, or rather, we have dreams about rubbish as well, okay? That's also true. So don't, every dream you have, you know, I saw this floating cloud and suddenly an exploding marshmallow came along. I don't know the interpretation of that as far as what God wants to do. But I do know this, God speaks in dreams. And can I just say this, often when you are seeing people and situations that you recognize and you know in reality and you're talking to them in your dreams, just make a note of it. Some dreams just, just disappear. They disappear literally like that morning mist when the sun comes up. And we don't need to worry about them, but some, you feel there's a weight, there's a, a much more responsibility about it. Take note of those things. Pray about them because God speaks in dreams. No, they don't always make sense. Why was the person wearing red trousers in the dream? I don't know, but maybe it had a significance as the next day you meet a person with red trousers and whatever God does, whatever he wants to do. I don't know. But when we're thinking about how does God encounter us, God can encounter us through dramatic circumstances. God can encounter us through dreams. God, or rather we can encounter God through reading the Word. Through reading the Bible. It's so overlooked. I know that in the summer when Yomi was preaching, he was talking about us reading the Word and how God speaks to us through the Word of God. God, we can encounter God through this book, through the Bible, as we read it. Why? Because it is living and active, and so is God. He is alive. He is living and active. And as we start to read, and it's not that we always understand everything that we read, but somehow, even with us not always understanding, God comes and speaks to us. And he reveals himself to us. God can speak to us through the reading of the word. And God can also speak to us. God can encounter us, or rather we can encounter him by deliberately seeking after him. By making our attention towards him. By saying, God, I need you. Now I need to come and seek you. And we can do that and we can seek after him by praying, by fasting, by reading the word, by calling upon his name by a number of ways. Jeremiah 29, I think John, Johnny was recalling this scripture. It says, you will seek me and find me. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I will be found by you. There is a deliberate thing, the action that we can take that can help us to have encounters with God. <sighs> okay, five quick points and we're going to finish. After point three, the band can come back to encourage me to go for it. So, we're trying to pack a lot in here. Encounters we have are where our spirits connect with his spirit. That's what an encounter is. God is spirit, and those who worship him, worship him in spirit and truth. So when we are making an encounter, when we're meeting with God, when we're coming upon him, then it is not just necessarily physically, though our bodies contain our spirits, 
but it is our spirit making connection with God, who is spirit. We are having an encounter when our spirits are connecting with his spirit. When we worship and we're giving ourselves into worship, we're here singing and we're standing up. We might even have our arms raised and we're looking to God, but somehow there's something that is connecting. God connects with our hearts and our lives and we start to feel joy. We start to feel peace. What is that? We're encountering him. Our spirits are encountering his spirits. Encounters we have are where our spirits connect with his spirit. Secondly, encounters we have are not always, I've put, history-making. And that's that thing I just want to underline again about these dramatic encounters. The truth is, we all long for the dramatic. I walked out of church on Sunday, I was feeling quite ordinary, and then God met with me, and there was this big light that shone around me, and now my mission is to declare to England that Jesus has come to save them. Well, praise God if that happens, and we want things like that to happen, but in truth, even with people like Moses, it wasn't burning bush day every day. It was a one-time encounter that he had. And I think for many of us as Christians, even if I could jump back to talk about Prashan and his testimony, that was a one-time encounter which was really significant. Why? Because God wanted to get Prashan into his purposes and into his pathway. And that was for the rest of his life. So he had an encounter that then charted to change the whole direction of his life. It was an important time that that happened. But it wasn't a history-making situation every week. And a week after, he had another. And a week after, this happened. It was a history-making situation then, but not every day. And we need to understand that encountering God can be extraordinary, but encountering God can also be ordinary. Reading the Bible seems very ordinary, and yet through that, there can be beautiful encounters with him. So we can encounter him, but not every encounter is a history-making encounter. The encounters that we have, point three, band coming up, bring revelation. It's important. The encounters that we have with God, they bring revelation. God wants to meet with us to impart something to us. He wants to speak to us. God is concerned about you. God does love you. Yes, the person next to you, but I'm speaking to you too. He loves you and he wants to speak to you because he's concerned about you and about the things that are going on in your life and in your situation. He's concerned about you. And therefore, he wants to bring revelation to you so that you may understand him better so that you may understand certain aspects of him, so that you can understand his character better, so that you can grow in the wisdom and knowledge and have therefore greater faith in who God is because he is with you. John 16 says this, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, 
He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine, said Jesus. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. The work of the Holy Spirit is to bring all of us into a greater revelation of the knowledge of truth that is to be found in God. And encounters with him that you can have will help that to happen in your life. You might think, I'm unworthy. Listen, you're not unworthy. You are so worthy in God's sight that he sent his son to die for you. That is how worthy you are. It's being disrespectful to God for us to think that, but the truth is we do think like that because we don't, we're comparing ourselves with others. But when it comes to God, God is passionate for his people. He's passionate for you because he loves you and therefore he wants to reveal more of himself to you. The encounters that we have are fourthly personal. God does reveal himself in a corporate way. But he wants to make things known to you about where you are that are personal to you so it makes sense to you and so that you can be more encouraged to think, wow, he does care about me. He wants to speak into your circumstances. He wants to speak to you about your attitudes, about your thoughts. He wants to speak to you about the things that you're finding hard in your heart, difficult in life. He wants to speak to you about those things. The encounters that we have are personal. God doesn't always call, I don't call your name. I haven't heard him call my name like he called Moses. Moses, Moses, Jonathan, Jonathan. No, but I have felt him speak to me. And when he speaks, he's speaking personally to me about the things of my life, about the relationships around my life, about the circumstances of my life. He speaks personally to us when we encounter him. And fifthly and lastly, the encounters that we have are where we are positioned for his purposes. What is the revelation that he wants to bring to us about? What is the understanding? What is the new things he wants to speak to us about? It's all about him adjusting our lives so that we may walk in the fulfillment of what he wants for us. None of us is an accident. We were created for purpose and God wants us to fulfill the purpose for which he created us. So therefore when he speaks to us and when we have encounters with him, it is designed for us to be put into the right place to do the right thing so that we may move on with him. Encounters that we have are where we are positioned for his purposes. Ooh. I must have lied about there only being five points. <laughs> the encounters that we have are life-changing. Moses had that encounter. He was a shepherd. He goes from a shepherd to leading the people of Israel out of slavery into destiny. That was a change. Now, I'm not saying that all of us is going to receive the same through an encounter, but you know what? God changes us through encounters. 
so that we might become more loving, that we might become more accepting, that we might become a peacemaker in our office, that we might be a peacemaker in our family, that we lead other people to know about Jesus. He leads us into his purposes for our lives so that we may accomplish his purpose. And often those encounters become life-changing for us. I've left behind some of the things I, want to walk, I used to walk in because now I'm walking in his purposes. So this is just a little bit of background today about Moses and his encounter, what Moses learned through that encounter and what we can also learn as we have encounters with God. And hopefully as we press on into this, we will learn more about us being able to have encounters with God. Praise the Lord.